Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. Hey there, welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. We have artist Kelsey Brooks as our special guest today. Super stoked about this. Kelsey Brooks is a former scientist who uses his background in biological and empirical mythology to create a new genre of art. His practice takes ideas and forms found in logic and natural systems, molecular and atomic structure number sequences, etc., and creates art that blurs the boundaries between science and art. The methodology becomes the instrument used to create lively and colorful work that is both meticulously crafted and conceptually rigorous. His detailed paintings and sculptures find a balance between the normally opposing philosophies of subjectivity and objectivity, as well as concept and aesthetic. Diving into the discoveries of the physicists, mathematicians, and chemists, as only a scientist can, then reducing and express that knowledge to the non-scientific world in the form of image and color as only an artist can. Brooks has had solo expositions in La Jolla, Los Angeles, New York, Detroit, London, and Berlin. His work was featured as a cover art for the Red Hot Chili Peppers in 2012, I'm With You record, and the Flaming Lips 2013 Stone Roses LP. Kelsey Brooks' Psychedelic Space is his first monograph of the artist artwork and examines three years of work and four solo exhibitions. His work belongs in esteemed private collections, as well as the public permanent collections of the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art, and the Frederick R. Wiseman Foundation. I'm so excited to bring you all a behind the scenes talk with Kelsey. We are also going to have a artist tour and artist talk on Wednesday, April 5th at Quake Gallery uh, with the Design Coven. So if you're interested in joining, I highly recommend getting on board now um, so that you can meet Kelsey and experience his art in person. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I am your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford.
Welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. We have an artist today. We have Kelsey Brooks on with us, local San Diego artist. Welcome, Kelsey. I really, really appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you asking me to be here. So thank you. Yeah, so this is kind of impromptu to um, our event that's happening on April 5th at Quint Gallery, where we actually get to experience art in person. We get to connect with you. Um, but I really wanted to introduce you to not just those design designers that are going to be there in person, uh, but also to all designers in the design community because they also have access to your work, right? On a, on a global level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sweet. Okay, and, and like I said, I, I just love connecting with real artists, real people, especially if they're local, getting them into our clients' homes. It just has so much more meaning versus getting something that's printed on a mass scale that really doesn't have any real um, energetic connection to, to where we are. So before we start, I'm gonna go ahead and light a candle, um, setting the intention of connection, creativity, uh, and just invoking that beautiful element of fire because it can do so much. It can destroy and it can create and um, sometimes it can be out of control and and all those things. So bringing in fire and then we're going to pull a crystal card. So I have the Radiant Crystal deck um, from Bouchette Design and we're going to pull a card and just see what we what we get here and what crystal comes. Um, Morganite love angelic and joy and this is the heart chakra so we're connecting with the heart today which is really really cool i haven't pulled i don't think i've pulled a heart chakra card in, in quite a while um and so this is all about um connection with love divine love sweet energy peace joy gentle this is a very soft card and a very nurturing card um a lot of times i'll get like heavy like grounding like um even richer tones and this is really surprising me but yeah i love it i love it too that's so cute <laughs> it is it's like the softest card i've ever pulled this is so funny um yeah so maybe there's some nurturing and some softness that we'll uncover in our conversation i always start by asking you know what's home what's home for you at the moment what does that look like um well yeah i live in san diego i live in north park um and yeah, I just, I live in a small little house with my family, I have a wife and two young daughters that go to an elementary school that's like a block away from here. So we walk them in the morning, pick them up in the afternoon. Um, and yeah, it's on this little canyon. So there's a little bit of nature that comes in, um, wanted or unwanted, it comes in. And, and yeah, <laughs> it's great. Honestly, like I hadn't, I, w I moved to San Diego and I was at the, I was working at a biotech company and I was, mm -hmm. I was surfing every day. and. It was a very ocean-centered yeah. life. And um, I met this woman who later became my wife and she was interested in North Park and like, you know, going to see bands and shows and like living, you know, it was cheap at that time to live. And so, so yeah, I ended up here and I haven't left and it's, it's great, you oh know, gosh. it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you're in one of those neighborhoods that's just hip and cool right now, but I remember it back in the day when it was just like, where are we? <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really exciting. So it's funny because I have become the old guy who's like, oh, it was so much better than 
when yeah. that bar wasn't that it when it like five generations before that it was really cool <laughs> like mm-hmm. but it's great the way it is now i mean it's just it's just changing you know yeah yeah for sure absolutely so i always love kind of diving into you spoke about the biotech world like it, like can you can i give us a little bit of um some origin story about where this art came from was this always inherently within you did something wake up like how did all of this come to be because when i see your work i'm just like i'm one and mesmerized by just the detail that goes into it um i think you can get lost and there's like all these little portals and all these little worlds that you're creating within the piece but yeah i i mean your mind must just be working in all these different directions and i'm just so curious on how all of this came to be so i studied microbiology when i was in school um and I love science. I found like my real introduction to awe in the world, aside from like sunsets and sunrises and my family and like my sisters and, you know, my friends really was science and the scientific method and learning how scientists see the world, learning how it can reveal these kind of deeper truths in the world was um, magical to me. And I, I felt like it, I felt it in a spiritual way, honestly, like uh, the way I gather awe is by understanding how things work. So knowing how many cells are in your body and how what each one of those cells is doing to keep this organism and keep consciousness going, to me is like just awe-inspiring and beautiful and, and sacred really, you know. So anyway, so I studied uh, microbiology in school and but I always was interested in art. I always was okay. excited about figure drawing. I was interested in like there's this romantic notion of, you know, European figure figure drawing and impressionism that like maybe was a few generations before me, but I read about in books and I was like, that's so cool. (laughs) But because I was a science major, because I was studying science, I never really like pursued it. It was always just like a little bit on the side, you know, something for fun. Um, And then I got a job working at the Centers for Disease Control when I graduated college and did that for a few years. And then um, I got a job at a biotech company here in San Diego working with viruses and so I moved here and was working in the lab for about four or five years. And I was making art just kind of on the side. It was just something okay. that was like, again, another side project. But um, the more I did it, the more I was aware that like, it, this is amazing. Like I was like, if I could just live and only do this, my life, wow. that would be a magical life. Like, is that possible? And like, there's something happened around like when I was like 25 and I was just like, well, I don't understand. There's no real rules. So like, yeah. what do I, whatever I want to do, let's just try that out. Let's like see if you can make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess making a longer story really short, I started it and it just keeps rolling. It's been rolling now for like 15 years. Um, oh you know, it goes, it goes in waves, but um, yeah. that's what I've done for the last 15 years is just make art. So when you are working, so I assume you're working full time, you're doing art like on the side, like in your free time. Yeah. When did you make the jump? Like, how did that transition happen between like leaving the scientific world of work and and going into this artistic space? Um, I think it. So the way it actually worked for me was it had been building for a long time. So practically okay. speaking, I had art with art pieces, paintings that I was making and putting in cafes, and. When they would sell, then I would get more, you know, I'd get requests to make more stuff. So I would make more stuff. And at some point I realized like, oh, you can, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I was like, (laughs) you can make money 
and then that money can pay for your rent and like you don't have to keep working in the lab and i was like oh okay that's a little that's a li that's how dumb i am honestly like it's like literally <laughs> that base level of simplicity but i was like oh yeah i guess i could do it and so i was yeah. like i knew i wanted to do it i knew there were no rules in life other than like you know the general rules of be good um and you know do a good job of the things you do these sort of like moral philosophy rules but there was no laid out plan for me so I was like, let's just try. I was young. I didn't have like dependents. You know, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have yeah. kids. I didn't have anything. And so I was like, let's just try this out. And so I just quit. Like it had been building, but I just one day I was like, today's the day. And so I went to HR and I was like, <laughs> you guys, thank you very much. You know, like I'll stay for however long you need, but like, I want to leave. And yeah. everybody was very confused about what I was going to do. But um, yeah, I just did it. And then there is a long story that's inside of here about like how it actually worked and like what the yeah. connections were and i can try and make that really short if you want or yeah i want to hear it ahead. i want to hear it no 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 that that sounds like there's some juice in there yeah so i decided you know because i had these these coffee shops that were selling my work and i was like okay yeah. that's good that can cover the bases you know like i needed like a thousand dollars a month to live right so i was like that yeah. can cover yes. the base but like, I need to grow past here. So I was like, what the one thing I can do is just basically say yes to everything. So art to me seemed like the problem was is it needed to be seen by as many people as possible. So I needed as many eyeballs as possible. So I was like, whatever comes my way, I will say yes to it for at least a year. And after that, then okay. I'll be more discriminating, but for an entire year, yes to everything. And so wow. I was just like, on the internet you know like the internet was young like 2000 or so 2001 two, yeah. three, something like that and i was like there were blogs when blogs existed and they were all about street art and you know graffiti and stuff like that and i loved that stuff i wasn't really participating in it but i loved it and so i was sending out images these like really crappy pixelated images of my work and talking about how my process and stuff and you know i got a few interviews that way through these little blogs oh and these websites and one of them was the zine and it was based in London and it was asking for an open submission for anybody who wanted to send anything in, they would look at it and if it was good, they would put it in their zine. And I was like, year of yes, let's do it. So I sent it off and it <laughs> ended up the person who did that, loved it and was showing it around to his friends. One of his friends happened to be an artist who at the time was not famous at all, but later became really famous. His name is Banksy. Okay. He was a street artist. Yeah. And he was organizing these art shows at the end of every year called Santa's Ghetto. And he would invite all of his friends from Europe, they're mostly European street artists, and it, to do this collective collaborative art show. It took like the whole month and everybody would fly there and we would just build, oh, live in this like gosh. old storefronts and just build things. Um, and it was crazy. And so they invited me over and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, let's go. I love traveling and I had time. I so I was like, yeah, it. let's do this. So I went, it was crazy. And so I went there and at the same time he was building up his print program. So he had built, bought a print shop and was inviting all these artists to collaborate. And so he, he asked me if I wanted to collaborate and I was like, absolutely. And you know, like I said, he wasn't this, this massive artist at yeah. the time. He was just another one of us. Um, oh you know, God. he was the guy organizing it all. But so anyway, I did that. And because of that, a bunch of European art galleries asked me if I wanted to do art shows. And so I did. And so I, you know, I kind of started um, doing shows in Europe, mostly in London and in Germany. Mm. Um, and then I just started growing from there and then it slowly worked its way back to the United States. Um, and that's so why I did that for a long time. And that, so that way, anyway, that was the kind of the beginning. 
big thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I just, I'm so, I think your story and like what you're doing when you had the year of yes and just putting stuff out there and reaching out connects with like a lot of these designers that are just starting out. And it's like, you got to just like go and connect and put your stuff out there. And it's like, I tell them all the time, like create a list of ideal firms, put yourself out there and just like you're saying, be seen and connecting and going to these community events and coming to our co-working. We have co-working on Wednesdays. That's just open to everyone. You don't have to be a designer. You can be whoever. Yeah. And we just connect and there's just this beautiful pollination that happens. Yeah. And I think you like being very intentional and saying this is what I'm going to do this year and being open to those possibilities is huge. And also, I love that you don't have these rules about life because I feel like us as entrepreneurs or new people in business, we put these rules on ourselves. We put ourselves in these boxes and to be able to look at things with all of that gone, we can create these beautiful art stories we can create these beautiful businesses that are not the norm and that's like what we're all about is is creating these, these spaces um that nurture each and every piece of us and also shows our personality so i just love that you shared that because i feel like that's really going to inspire other people and creatives to to give themselves the permission to do it in a different way i love it yeah that's great yeah, yeah. so amazing so can you share a little bit because like I think the last show that I saw of yours was almost like it was at Quint and it was almost like um, like a necklace that was or like some lacing that was just coming down from the ceiling and it was so intricate. It, I mean, it was just the most beautiful. It was like you can touch it. It was very lacy. Yeah. Um, like, like, how do you get into those little like how does all this form and, and I'm sure there's a connection to your science world and to your art world and can you share a little bit about that process sure yeah well so well, like I'll take one step back to make it back to okay. that question but um, I started painting molecules some of the molecules I used to work with in the lab and some of the molecules that I was just interested in neurotransmitters and um, I was I started painting those and there's a whole story about why that all happened, but um, we'll save that story for later maybe. But yeah, I, okay. <laughs> I, was, I started painting those. And once I was able to take my scientific background and connect it with my artistic background, which before this were just two separate parts of my yes. world, right? One was my past, one was my current. And when I was able to connect those, then it felt like some real synergy happened. And that was when I got started getting a lot of, felt like more momentum and more ideas were just like, it, everything just became, became a lot easier when I was standing on both of those legs. Um, and so I, I painted molecules for a long time and got interested in um, psychedelic molecules. And so I painted a lot of those. And then I started moving into, I began a meditation practice um, that started when I was about 30 years old. And as I moved, through this like you know it's been a little over 10 years i've been doing it as i began i kind of switched from one type of meditation to another type to another type and those paintings that you're referencing are these veil paintings um and those aren't a direct connection to um, science in a way but more dr a direct connection to my uh, meditation practice um, and i was interested in this um, insight meditation practice and it was it was asking you during your meditation to look for the one who is looking, look for yourself and see where you can find it. Um, and the really interesting thing for me was like, I looked and I saw nothing. There was nothing 
there was no homunculus, there was no center that was that I could label as me. It was more diffuse, it was more spread out, and it was more collective. Wow. And I thought like that was really interesting. And so the idea with those veils was like the veil was something that was that was me, the self, the ego that was held up in front of me this whole time. And as that began to fade away, I was just imagining, you know, this these veils being kind of ripped and torn and, and falling apart, not in a negative way, but to reveal what is always there. And that is our consciousness yeah. or, um, yeah, our, um, our awareness. And so that's where the, that painting series came out of that you saw. Uh, yeah, I mean, just so, like you were just talking about them, I, they're so, like I can touch them. It, like the veil concept is so intriguing to me. I actually named my interior design business, it's called Tiger Veil, um, because of that veil that we <laughs> kind of go in and out of and, and can you know, consciously and subconsciously touch and, and feel in our spaces. So you just talking about that really connected with me. And then also the fact that I saw that work and that was the one that really stood out. Um, but I want to talk to you about like why you started um, painting the molecules and, and all the things in that space. Oh, so okay. So very interesting. So <laughs> I was doing a bunch of shows when I was in Europe and the stuff that I was painting that was getting attention, you know, was these kind of animals and human hybridization animal like um, chimeras, these figures that were half human, half animal, and like what was, you know, they're interacting with each other. And it was figurative art, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And the figurative art was fun for me, but I found it slowly became a bit more arduous. So trying to render a face just the right way would sometimes take me right. three weeks. And I was just it used to feel fun and then I just got tired of it. And I was like, well, I don't know what, there's no rule <laughs> rules for us, right? Like, so I didn't know what yeah. to do. And so I was like, well, I don't like it. So let's stop. Let's just follow what okay. feels good and let's just stop doing it and do whatever you want to do. And so like I stopped and I started making wow. what I was calling meditation paintings. They were just, uh, it was just a circle, you know, these big circuit circles that I had cut out of yeah. wood. And I was just like applying pigment to them and just letting whatever wanted to come out, come out. And so because it was kind of like a separate thing from my figurative work, I was calling meditation paintings and I was very loose with them for a long time. But what I slowly started to realize was they were making these kind of center points with radiating lines coming out. Yeah. And that felt really good to paint that. And I just, I did that for a couple of weeks and I, I enjoyed the process of it so much. And, but then I was like, well, what are these? What am I doing? And I realized yeah. they were making individual points. And I was like, well, what can I do with an individual point? And I was like, and I immediately thought of these molecular uh, line diagrams or Lewis structures that I would draw in organic chemistry um, to map molecules, to show. So you have a, a molecule, it's made, molecules are made up of atoms, individual atoms. And to show the formula of a molecule, you would put these like dots on a piece of paper and then yeah. draw the connections, which would be the bonds between the atoms. And I was like, well, these could be the center points for the atoms and I could make an entire molecule out of this. And so yeah. I did, the first molecule I made was serotonin and I, I made serotonin just randomly. You know, it felt like a fun molecule to do. And so, and then I realized <laughs> there's a whole bunch of, um, hallucinogenic molecules. So uh, molecules like uh, DMT or um, I guess MDMA, but uh, DMT, mescaline, uh, psilocybin, 
all these molecules that are psychoactive that mimic the structure of serotonin. I was like, well, that makes a really convincing show. Wow. I can make serotonin and then I can make all these hallucinogenic molecules that are structurally very, very similar. And so wow. I just started building molecules and going and going and going. That was 2012, 2011, 2012. And so okay. that was how that transition happened. It like came from a place of like, I don't like this right now. What do I do? And I was like, well, let's just stop and do something you do like to do. <laughs> like, it seems so basic, but it really is complicated and confusing when you're that. in the middle of it, you know? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's like we get and we'll just keep beating our heads, you know, against the wall until something like that happens. Like, oh, yeah, like, I don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. But I just love the idea that you can follow your feelings into these, you know, new places. Like, you don't have to do anything else. Like, how do you feel about that? Do you not want to do it? Don't do it. Now, what do you want to do? How about try that? And see, eventually a connection will be made, right? It just, it just takes a while. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I love speaking to you about this because it's, I mean, it just resonates on so many different levels. And, and it also clears out those blocks that I see like so many designers kind of running into or, or, or doing. And also, you know, feeling the need to have to create a business the same way someone else did or having to paint in a certain way because that's how other people do it and then being this doesn't feel good yeah and then being able to readjust yeah exactly that's, like that's huge insight um yeah and i would love to know more about your current show that is happening now at quint that we're about to experience can you give us a little bit of a a taste of what that is from and, and how that got developed yeah yeah, so the show that's up at Quint right now is called Cosmic Symmetries. Um, and I came up with the idea or the kind of research idea um, to at the beginning of the year, uh, or not this year, last year. I was like, well, I okay. want coming in just like the purpose and background coming out of COVID. I was like, galleries are open again. I can do shows again. Yep. Let's paint some big paintings and, and have some fun. Because I was just painting these small paintings that I could sell on. Instagram and through the galleries and nobody knew what was going on. So I was making prints and paintings for like a year and a half and I was loving it, but I was like, I'm done. I want to paint again. I love painting big paintings. Yeah. And so during the pandemic, I read this book um, by this physicist, his name is Frank Wilczek um, and it's called The Beautiful Question. Okay. The, the main thing that I took away from this book was there is this scientist and what he was saying was that he used beauty as a guy to guide him into his scientific discoveries. He happened to discover one of the fundamental forces of the universe and win a Nobel Prize. So it was very fruitful and he was successful with just following beauty. And beauty was defined wow. for him in a few basic terms, um, but one of them was symmetry and balance. And what he'd said, mm -hmm. you know, um, the rest of them were um, uh, an economy of means. So very, very simple means can eventually create massive complexity. Um, uh, simplicity, balance, um, there are a few others. But what I really took away was that yeah. the vision I had was this guy with numbers in front of him, just a pile of, of physical properties in front of him. And what he did was he's like, which, which one is the most symmetrical? Which one is the most beautiful? Which one requires the least amount of like extra information? And let's try there first. And he just followed from step by step by step using beauty oh as his gosh. guide and he got to one of the biggest discoveries in physics um, of the last hundred years. And so wow. I was like, well, okay. So there's something more interesting in symmetry than just like 
oh, it looks pretty or like, yeah, that happens to yeah. be how human beings are structured. That happens to be how a lot of life is structured. Flowers are structured using symmetry. So it's just a decoration. I just thought like, there's just something so much more interesting there. And so what I wanted to do is paint paintings that were symmetrical, going from perfect symmetry to all the way to asymmetry and see within that okay. broad window where was for me the most pleasing and what other people thought was the most pleasing. I was just curious to see if I could use symmetry, this kind of hidden um, function of the universe to create a picture and what that would look like. And so I started that process at the beginning of the year, starting with perfect symmetry and slowly moving towards like total asymmetry and chaos. Um, and that's sort of, wow. that's what the show is. It's a question. Is symmetry useful in making a picture? And the show is kind of the answer to that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm so stoked. I cannot wait to actually go experience and, and feel it. Um, and having you as our guide to take us on this journey with, with your art. I, I mean, just like you just even talking about symmetry and relating it to how we create beauty in our homes um, to support us and the people that are living in it. And also just that feeling. And again, tapping into the feeling of like, does this feel good? Am I in the right direction? You know, is this feel good to their clients and the people that are living in the spaces? And then to bring art that has so much intention and meaning behind it just adds so much, uh, like like this card, that nurturing, loving energy that we're trying to create in our space um, on all these different layers and levels. So I love it. That's great. Good job. Yeah, you pulled that out. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> like, well, we got it. Um, so I would love to know how long is this show up for in case anyone isn't able to go, you know, with the design coven, but wants to experience the show on their own. Um, do you know the, yeah. the date? Yeah, it's up through April 8th. So a couple, a couple okay. more weeks or so of the show. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's up. There is one more thing to say. There's one more element in the show and I can go through it in about a okay. minute if you, if you will indulge Let's do me. It. Okay, so there is yes. another element, and that was, it's like, of course, like with everything I have, it's a longer story, but like basically I started looking at the paintings um, outside of the context. I took something that allowed me to do that, uh -huh. and then I looked at them and I was like, these paintings, there's another perspective inside of it, and that perspective was me shrinking down, being tiny, and being inside of the painting. I wanted to do that really bad, mm -hmm. but unfortunately I couldn't. But what I could do was give the viewer that idea of doing it by painting tiny, tiny, tiny little elves in the paintings. So oh, almost subperceptually, you have to get really, really, really close. But once you do, another world is revealed. There are these tiny elves that are made up of the lines that make up the paintings that are making what? the paintings and kind of destroying the paintings in places and creating it. Um, and so, yeah, that's another element. There is this bigger picture, but then there's this kind of more fun excitable, uh, irreverent, maybe not irreverent, just enjoyable kind of aspect yeah. to it. Oh my gosh, how cool. Okay, so we're going to be on a treasure hunt for these little elves. Yes, exactly, um, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, and when you're creating these um, stories or like these collections, are you, is it once a year? Is it like, what, what does that look like? Or is it just kind of whatever feels good at the moment? Um, it really, I've, yeah, the bigger, perspective of the whole career or my last uh, 15 years has been whatever feels fun at yeah. the moment. Um, and this show happened to kind of coalesce around one common theme. Um, but 
it's just a natural progression. Like to do anything exactly identical twice is impossible. So you really just, I, for me, I just like go for it. Like, what, does it feel inspiring? Go for it. Like if it doesn't, then don't do it. Cause you know, the process for yeah. me making oh. a painting can be multiple, like three months. And so unless I'm, yeah. unless I'm psyched to do it, like what, there's no point. What's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. You've got just all these golden nuggets that you've just sprinkled um, throughout this entire little episode that I'm just so excited about. And I can't wait to, to talk to you more in depth because I know there's going to be more and we can even do a whole nother episode, I'm sure, of all these other aspects that you bring to the table with your art and your life and how you live. Because I think that's so inspiring. How can people find you to learn more and experience all that you have to offer? Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Rachel. That was really nice. That made me feel good. So thank you for saying that. Um, uh, of course. But so I'm on Instagram, <laughs> it's just at Kelsey Brooks. Brooks is spelled B-R-O-O-K-E-S. So there's a secret E hiding in there. Kelsey's just spelled the normal. Um, and my website's just KelseyBrooks.com. So, so yeah, those are the main outlets. The show is at Quint Gallery, and you can find my um, page there on Quint Gallery by going to Quint Gallery, just looking up under the artists. Yeah, and we'll have all the we'll have all those um, links in the show notes so people can readily find you. Um, and I always ask, you know, is there something that you're doing right now that um, is keeping you staying grounded, mindful? There I know you have your beautiful meditation practice, but is there anything else that you're doing that you can share with us? I always like to know, like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> everyone, I feel like, has their own take on being grounded and in, in practices that we're doing. Yeah. Oh, man. I could make you a list of, like, the hundred <laughs> things that I do to try and stay sane. Um, but mostly it involves family, like, number one, right? Um, and I have this meditation practice that I do on a daily basis, and that is... Um, it, it really important and one of the best things. I don't know if I told you, but the reason I started the meditation practice was because I was dealing with some anxiety and panic attacks when I, like around about okay. 15 years ago or so. And that was what began it. And it started in the what wow. was like the worst, most terrifying place in my life. And what grew from that was the most beautiful um, understanding, the most important wow. understanding I have outside of my children and my family. It's the most, the most fruitful and beautiful thing that I ever did. Um, but outside of that stuff, surfing as much as possible, skateboarding as much as possible, uh, rock yeah. climbing as much as possible, okay. running, exercising, eating, eating well, all that shit. Nice. I love it. And I love that you mentioned family. I have two boys as well. So like just being that person and, and, you know, with our partners and being able to raise like these future people. And it's just, it, I mean, that in itself is a whole nother story, but so incredible. I love how connected you are with them and being able to show them a world too, where anything's possible and that they get to make up their own rules and live their life the way that they envision it without these rules. I mean, I just think everything that you're doing, like I said, the perspective that you're bringing, I think is really gonna help people get out of their heads. Oh boy, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> that looks very cool. Um, well, thank you so much. We are definitely going to have some fun on the 5th, um, connecting with you, experiencing the art. And I just really appreciate your time. I know that you're you're busy and you've got lots of things going on. Um, but so thank you for, for taking that time to be with us. Absolutely. I'm here for it. All of it. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for your time. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge. 
and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, Blake Ferris, for all of her special help with the podcast, our social media posts, newsletter, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.